Actually, there, there are several thrones in this building, which is fascinating. <laughs> I've got to get a picture of myself sitting on one of them. Something, something, DevOps Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> for Arrested DevOps, the podcast where we help you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm Bridget, and today we're at DevOps Day Sydney. This will be a co-production with Software Defined Talk. The show notes for this episode can be found at arresteddevops.com slash devopsdays-sydney-2016. But first, a word from our sponsors. Arrested DevOps is brought to you by 10th Magnitude, a company that figures if you're listening to this podcast, you must be pretty cool. 10th Magnitude empowers businesses to better collaborate across teams and achieve IT transformation using cloud. They enable customers to innovate, automate, and accelerate by leveraging the power of Microsoft Azure. You can find out more at arresteddevops.com slash 10th Magnitude. This episode is also brought to you by Datadog, a monitoring tool that helps bridge the gap between operations and dev teams. Datadog brings together system metrics, changes, alerts, and events from over 70 common infrastructure tools, such as Chef, Docker, and AWS, so that dev and ops teams share their key data and alerts in a single place and collaborate on issues in real time. Datadog is available for a free 14-day trial at arresteddevops.com slash datadog. This episode is sponsored by VictorOps, the company that makes being on-call suck less. Built by a team of avid DevOps practitioners, VictorOps is the most innovative platform available to support modern IT and DevOps incident management. They do it with an unmatched feature set that's designed to support teams through the entire incident lifecycle, from first alert to final retrospective. This means you can respond to incidents more effectively, which in turn helps you release faster, minimize downtime, and get your life back. Visit ArrestedDevOps.com VictorOps to schedule a demo or start your trial. Mention Arrested DevOps and you'll be eligible for some great discounts too. I think uh, probably the best way to get started is to say this is a, here we are at DevOps Days Sydney. Yep. And uh, this, this is not just Arrested DevOps. Nope. Software Defined Talk and Arrested DevOps. Yeah. So, uh, both community sponsors. It'll pop up here on the screen for too long. Absolutely. So Matt Ray, this is exciting for me because I listen to your podcast all the time. And I think I've actually technically been on your podcast without knowing ahead of time that I was going to be. Yes, yes. Uh, I think a previous, was it DevOps Day Chicago? No, it wasn't that one. It was uh, Cote and I recorded something, and I thought it was for one of his, you know, Cote-branded podcasts. Ah, yes. And then he ended up putting it out on Software Defined Talk, and I found that out by having it pop up in my, in my Overcast app. <laughs> Always nice hearing yourself. Sorry? <laughs> Always nice hearing yourself. I mean, it, it was a great surprise. Yes. Um, so... Maybe let's start with, here we are at DevOps Day Sydney. Uh, Matt Ray, what are you doing on this side of the planet? Uh, so I actually moved to Sydney in July. Um, I'm here to do evangelism and uh, some sales, um, putting a footprint for Chef over here and doing the DevOps stuff on this side. That is really exciting. Yeah. And though I, I imagine it does make scheduling recordings of software to find talk a little bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Cote and Brandon, my co hosts, are always like, oh, so can we record, you know, Wednesday afternoon? I'm like, yes, Thursday morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, how about Friday afternoon? I'm like, nope, that's the weekend. How about Sunday afternoon? <laughs> and they're like, oh, wait, no, that's the weekend. Yeah. Time, it's difficult. Yeah. I honestly keep looking at, uh, this is my first time in Australia, and I keep looking at, um, 
you know, the, my, the world clock on my phone and saying home is negative 17 hours from now. It's hard to wrap my brain around that. Uh, you, get, you get used to it. You get used to it. Nice. So I feel like uh, Software Defined Talk has recorded at DevOps Days before. They mm-hmm. did um, the big recording Dallas of yeah, uh, Dallas. They did all yeah. of the all of the podcasts were there. Yeah. And but you've been to several of these. Can you kind of talk from the sponsor point of view of what your experience at DevOps Days Sydney has been like? Uh, it's you know so so Shep is, has for the last couple of years been a, a sponsor of multiple DevOps Days like. Uh, the devopsdays.org has, you know, you can say, hey, I just want to buy all of them. <laughs> and, you know, we want to sponsor as many as we can. And, and so, uh, you know, this year, knowing that we were going to be in Sydney, I made sure that, you know, that we were going to sponsor here. Uh, we were also sponsored in Singapore. Um, and, you know, uh, we just missed New Zealand. Um, you know, I think it was in April or something like that, right before, right before I moved here. Um, but you know the the intention is you know we want to build community everywhere we go, and uh, that's you know that's part of it. Uh, yeah, it, I feel like the building community motivator is a big part of why people either you know um, sponsor or show up at or organize these things. And uh, we we also have Katie here who is a hi, you know, hi yeah. here, who is an organizer of this particular DevOps days. And a couple of more organizers who just, just entered up. the room. So come on up. We'll have everybody who's an organizer, current, past, possibly future, introduce themselves. Let's start with Katie. Tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Katie. I've been like emceeing this entire event. So if my voice sounds like gravel, that's probably why. Um, and the karaoke. I, I did not karaoke. <laughs> I did check the karaoke and there was not enough Disney. Oh. But but I did do an escape room last night. That was quite fun. The uh, the events here for the last two years have done um, on the first day. We'll go out, have bowling and activities, and the conference will not supply beer, which has been really good for people actually showing up the next day. You know that that is actually excellent. And we are also joined by uh, Lindsay and Matthew, who. Um, Lindsay, you were you were speaking in the very first slot today. So, how do you feel about the fact the conference didn't supply beer? How do you feel that it affected the attendance of the uh, morning talk? It's funny because I gave uh, an opening talk at the last one that was here in Sydney in 2013, and the attendance today was spectacular compared to that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and uh, between um, the three of you, I feel like we have DevOps Days organizers who have. This is, is this your second year? Uh, no, this is my first year organizing. First year organizing, I did a panel keynote last year as a speaker, and this year I just went, let's do all the things. So, yeah. And um, meanwhile, we also have some of our OG DevOps Days uh, core organizers here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going you're to be called out. <laughs> and, and Lindsay, too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Lindsay kicked off, I think it was the second or third DevOps days outside of Ghent. Second. Second, uh, in Sydney back in 2010. Wow. So it's the longest running one in the world, uh, and the DevOps meetup as well. Uh, yeah, so Mick, Mick and I here, we started the, the first ever uh, DevOps meetup in the world. Um, so that was, we, when was it? it January? Was February 2010, we started. Yeah, right. Well, oh. Wasn't it January? 
We started organising at the end of December, uh, yeah, yeah. And the first meet up in February 2010. And, and we do, by the way, for, for those who are not in the room, and we are doing the live studio audience thing, but for those who are not in the room, we should also introduce Mick. And honestly, like, I'm terrible at pronouncing people's last names, which is why I haven't been using them. But next time you, <laughs> next time you uh, introduce yourself, Mick, you get to go this time, everybody else after. Uh, please do say your last name, maybe Twitter handle too, so our, our readers, what? Listeners. Listeners. I have some idea of who they're listening to. Uh, hi, my name, um, it's Mick Pollard, and I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm known as Aussie Lunix, um, and I'm here as an attendee this year. And this is, I feel like this is something that is maybe different about DevOps days versus a lot of events, which is, I think a lot of events, you're, you have your sponsors and you have your speakers and you have your organizers. And then there's that vast teeming mass of people who probably don't matter and don't have a lot of input on how the <laughs> conference goes. But that's not actually true at DevOps days. Um, and can you kind of maybe, uh, Lindsay, uh, or Matthew, if you want to give us a little bit perspective on how DevOps Days is different in terms of the participatory aspect. So definitely from uh, my perspective, I'm Matt Jones, or Geekle on all the things. Um, is I really enjoy DevOps Days because half of it is open spaces, which the organizers do not uh, shape the conversation, the attendees do. And we can influence that some ways with the, the morning track, um, but apart from that, it's it's up to the attendees and and what they get back out of the the conference. Yeah, yeah it's sort of like there are you've only got participants. You don't have any sort of silent witnesses or silent attendees to the whole experience, which is great because the thing that we tend to find is that the people that enjoy the conference the most are the people who participate the most in it. Right, so it's like that old cliche: you get out as much as you put in. Yeah, but but and as a you know vendor sponsoring it. Uh, and I've been an organizer. It's like you you get as much as you put into it. So you don't really feel like, oh well, we sponsored it. We're going to get this. Well, you actually still have to show up and talk and engage. And you know, just you know, having a table isn't really as important as talking to the people who come to your table, going and and finding them out in the halls. And um, you know, I I think it's as a vendor, it's a great experience, um, just because you know you get to talk with people who actually use the software. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't. In, in my job, I'm attending a lot more sort of corporate type events, mm -hmm. um, and it's put into a very stark relief the difference between the community stuff that I've been involved in for so long and the way that the rest of the industry operates. Is like you're from a vendor, but it, like I don't see you as from a vendor. I just see you as an actual person. Right, right. You have a conversation and, with, and, and you can even not feel like you have a conflict of interest as an organizer, a sponsor, a keynote, and uh, you know running open spaces. Like, yeah, it's just that's what we do. <laughs> and it's the draw for me is DevOps days. They're run by volunteers. It's not for profit. Um, you know, with the caveat that we need to be profitable to actually keep them on every year, but we're not filling our pockets or anything like that. It's for the community. I'm here because I am one of the community. Um, and, and back to the open spaces as well. One thing I find challenging in Australia, I'm not sure if the other organisers from around the world uh, have the same experience, is selling open spaces to people that have never been to them before. Yeah. So they see uh, the agenda and see that half the day has nothing. So I think it's one thing that I'm taking from uh, some feedback I've received over the past few days, that we need to do a better job of selling the open spaces to people that haven't even turned up to a DevOps days before. Well, and there's about 
Every time I go to a DevOps days and ask people how many people have been to one before, about 85% of the room has never been to one. And so we have started um, putting in the stock template that we're not calling them, at least it's in the Minneapolis template for sure. I'll make sure it's in the stock template for 2017. Hi, I'm Bridget. I'm terrible at the website stuff, which is why Matt Stratton, who is a co-host of Arrested DevOps, of course, and is not here in Australia, is in charge of the you know, DevOpsDays.org website stuff. But the, um, the stock template, we're starting to say uh, attendee-suggested breakout sessions, you know, something like that. Because when you say the word open, well, not just do people think, oh, I'll go back to the office during that time, but I think also people sometimes think, they don't have a talk for that time. It's two days out. I'm a vendor, and I would really like to give my pitch. I will send in ideas. It's like, no, not, not exactly. I mean, weren't you, weren't you telling me a story last week about somebody who had was saying exactly that? <laughs> Damn. With... Yeah, with the open spaces. And well, yes. They're like, the, two weeks out or whatever. So we, we got some... That was, I think I forwarded that feedback on to Matthew. Someone emailed in and said, I'd love to come to your conference, but... Why am I giving you money to come to a conference that has no speakers allocated? They didn't quite understand. You're two weeks out and you don't have speakers on your, on yeah. your program. Like, how disorganized are you? <laughs> and this is, this is actually some place where, because I know Katie speaks at a lot of conferences, um, I would love to hear your perspective on what emceeing this particular one was like. Uh, I didn't introduce myself earlier properly, but hi, I'm Katie. I'm glassing on all the things. I also run KatieConf. Yes. Um... Yeah, this is pretty much DevOps Days is a supercharged hallway track and some talks. And it like yesterday, trying to get people to come back in after some of the sessions was like they they there's we're in the Sydney um, Masonic Centre yep. and they have a giant bell. And I got to ring the giant bell and <laughs> I got yelled at by the other people who were doing it their conference across the hallway <laughs> and I got in trouble because I was too loud for the bell and people still didn't come back in because there are so many amazing conversations happening. I mean, after the last DevOps days, it was weeks afterwards that I was still remembering, oh, I remember I talked to that person at the thing about the thing. I should go investigate that. And um, there's only one other conference that I go to that really emphasizes the fact that you don't have to go to all the talks because all the talks are recorded. And that's Linux Comp Australia, which is in January in Hobart, and you, you all should come along. Um, they just announced that they're doing free childcare thanks to GitHub, which is great. Um, I'm totally involved in organising that conference as well. That's my little caveat. Um, but people go out of their way to travel across the world to attend conferences, not to sit in a room and watch a live stream. Mm -hmm. They come to meet the people. Yeah. And the people are the thing, and the people make it all happen, whether it's vendors, sponsors, keynotes, speakers, attendees. And being all in the same place in the same room with these people is why I go to conferences. Yeah, it's spot on. Yeah, one of, yeah, yeah, 100%. Totally agree. One of the feedbacks I've heard in the hallway here with the open spaces yesterday was as a non-technical person, they felt really involved. And that's great to hear at a technical conference. Um, they joined in a conversation, and they got a lot from it, which, which was great. Well, and, and on that note, because we're doing the live studio audience thing, and I have here a handheld mic that's not a, a lapel mic attached to me in any way, <laughs> it means that we can, in fact, hear from people in the audience. Um, and so, like, let's maybe, let's maybe seed that with some of the topics that we've been discussing. 
whether it was in the talks in the last couple of days, topics um, in the hallway track, topics in the open spaces. Like, I'll, I'll start and say, Lindsay, your talk this morning, you're talking about one of those squishy things that's kind of difficult, which is, gosh, we're trying to create these complex distributed systems made out of humans, building teams. Can you talk a little bit about that for people who have not yet been able to watch the video of that talk because the wonderful video people just recorded it? Yeah, no worries. Um, sort of on the distributed system bit, it's like the like a, a human itself is like a pretty complex distributed system when you think about it, right? And then like you get this all of this other emergent complexity that happens when you put other people together, <laughs> and that's that's really interesting to try and deal with, right? Because I'm like I've been doing the whole DevOps thing since like the really beginning. Like I was doing it back in Gen in 2009. And I came because I was just interested in the technology. And like people were like, yeah, let's do agile systems administration. I'm like, fuck yeah, I can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then from that, it's like, oh, oh, none of the technology problems are the hard ones in our industry. Like, yeah. it's, it's actually people. And people are like really interesting. <laughs> um, and so I want to learn everything that I possibly can about people so that I can make sure that they're looked after well. Yeah, I, I think to generalize, the talks kind of break down to you know, there's a container track, <laughs> but there's also like how to do DevOps with people in the enterprise. You know, how to make this thing work in the real world. You know, it's like we can get up and talk about it, and you can say, "Oh yeah, we should all you know sit in a circle and sing Kumbaya." But it's like, how do I get my boss to listen to me? You know, and that's there's probably a, a whole track on that today. You know, it's and that's recurrent. Like every DevOps day, there's always you know there's always like, yeah, that sounds nice, but. And that's like a track of its own, you know. And then you have the people who are like, yeah, it actually does work. And the people are like, nah. <laughs> well, and I think that as we're having these conversations, I've been to a number of DevOps days this year and the last couple of years. I actually, I'm remembering now that I met Matthew Jones at the first DevOps days I went to. It was 2013. Oh, really? Well, it was Velocity, actually. But yeah. um, I met you at Velocity 2013 in Santa Clara. And then you were one of the people telling me, oh, hey, DevOps Days is right here in this same venue. Stick around for it. Like, it's going to be great. And I was very confused by open space. Like, uh, I, I went to a couple of talks, and then at open space time, I bailed because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it's quite interesting having that, uh, that difference between such a large conference with thousands and thousands of people, an exhibitor hall, um, you know, big talks, big keynotes, to a DevOps Days, which 200 people maybe a little bit more, and it's the attendees set the tone, set the discussions, and it's, as Katie said, it's a hallway track on steroids kind of thing. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's the conversations that we've been having at DevOps Days in the last few years, and even all the way back to 2009 again, I think you're right. I think they have been evolving. Like, what are, what are some of the um, topics that you organizers and attendees and, and even sponsors are hearing now that maybe are different than at other conferences or different than um, you've heard in past years? I think like the stuff that we're seeing around Lambda is like fundamentally changing things, right? And, like I, it's interesting because I'm I've been working really heavily in the Cloud Foundry space in the last sort of year or so, and it's interesting watching. Uh, other people get up to the same point that we are in the cloud foundry space. Um, maybe that's a little bit rude because, like the the, the the functions as a service stuff that you're seeing there, like that's a fundamental game changer. And when you look at the amount of 
execution time that you get for free, like I do a bunch of stuff in government, right? And so uh, I look at how much we can get for free with Lambda, um, and it's not going to cost the taxpayer a single thing. Like, that is that is massively disruptive. And Peter, who gave the talk earlier in the day about um, you know, functions as a service, the insights that he had at the end of that were like bang on, which is like operations as a craft is going to rapidly change between now. Like I expect that when we do when I when I come to another DevOps days in two, three years from now, we probably won't be talking about any of the same sort of stuff technology wise yeah. that we I are mean right it, definitely you see like if you think back year to year to year, it's like you know, this year it's the function as a service, you know, that that sort of stuff is really hot, you know, hot. Um, but you know, last year it was containers. Well, it's been containers and Docker like the last two or three years. But the things that continue are the people. <laughs> the people problems never go away. Yeah. yeah, it's one topic that keeps coming up uh, the past couple of years in Australia is uh, DevOps and the rest of the business. So mm-hmm. uh, we had a uh, ignite yesterday, which was Fin FinOps or Fin DevOps, which was interfacing with the finance department. Um, there was a security and DevOps, that's quite big, uh, run a, a meetup in Melbourne, and security is a massive thing in, in the, the market in Melbourne and around the world, really. Yeah. And really, there's... I, I, I'm, I'm looking at Katie again, because I know you also go to a number of conferences that aren't strictly speaking in the DevOps space. Like, what kind of intersection do you see between the topics that you're seeing in this space and the topics you're seeing in some of the more, like, OSCOM, programming language focus conferences, et cetera? Um, thankfully, I'm seeing that a lot of the language communities are picking up on the fact that, yeah, the tools we use kind of come and go, but the people are still squishy and awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, um, the underlying tones that I've been seeing around the place about content culture and about um, improving the hiring and diversity and inclusion and now more than once seeing linguists giving keynotes. Um, we just had Nigel, who was has come off uh, a interesting uh, sickness, to give that amazing talk that we just had that people listening to this podcast are going to have to go and look up because it was amazing. Um, and just these, these concepts of we have these tools, but we don't make stuff to make stuff. We make stuff to solve problems. And it's trying to get that abstraction happening is a really big thing. And so the contempt culture about the tooling and stuff is what a lot of people are finally realizing that, hey, WordPress does solve problems, and that's okay. Just please keep it up to date and patch it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one of the things I actually appreciate about the culture stuff that we talk about at DevOps Days is... It's people who have a lifetime investment in this industry, and they want it to be a better place for everybody. And you know, it's like, yeah, we kind of hammer on the same topics year after year, but I feel like some progress is being made. Um, I hope. <laughs> yeah, that's why I do all these conferences and stuff. It's like I'm not an evangelist. I don't get paid for this stuff. I'm taking annual leave right now to be here. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's like, hey, I kind of can help facilitate these conversations. And heck, yes, I want to make sure that these events keep happening because when they don't, that's like uh, 
organize a burnout is a thing yeah. and all this stuff. So it's like, hey, I'm like up and coming and kind of know what's going on. Let me help. And I accidentally ended up emceeing the entire event. You know? <laughs> I, sorry, on purpose, I did I did volunteer for this one, but that is a thing I'm learning how to do, actively volunteering, not being told what to do. Voluntold. Voluntold, <laughs> which is a wonderful term that Lindsay uh, introduced me to many moons ago and that I've used in talks since, the, the suggestioneering type thing. <laughs> yes. Valuable skill. Yeah, but bur- burnout, contempt culture, all this kind of stuff is just like a really common thread. And then you get the talk about how to work out how to uh, do stuff with OSX and security and stuff that I was just a KiwiCon for. Or uh, talks about how robots are changing social structures that I was just at BuzzConf for. Or linguists and how language is awful at the keynote that was just here at DevOps days. So... It's just like all these other kind of specialty things and then the squishy bits. Yeah. And it's really lovely to see. Yeah. And I think the other thing back on uh, culture and, and community, DevOps days, as I was saying before, not-for-profit, it exists because we, the people in the audience here, are here. And I organise this with other organisers and we're volunteers and we're not, we're not motivated by making money. So the year that we have zero attendees or attendees where it's not profitable enough, we'll break it down into something smaller or it will dissolve away. The community exists because there's a community here. We're not trying to force it. The, the, in February 2010, so at the end of 2009, the GFC was here. Um, I was working in an ASX 200 um, telco. Um, I'd moved to a startup. The startup didn't get their next round of funding and everyone was fired one morning. It was quite brutal and it's like I didn't have a name in the industry I hadn't been to any community events and I was doing the hard slog here's my resume I'd like a job and it was really hard and I sat there and I thought I don't want to do this ever again and no one else should have to either and that was the driving for me to actually start DevOps Sydney with Lindsay was let's build a community that people can come and network and it should be an inclusive community it shouldn't be just for practitioners it should be um, for, for all sorts of people. It could be recruiters. It could be anyone that comes along. Um, if, if we help people find jobs and connect to people, then, then I'm happy with that. That's the only reward I need. And one thing I think that we've done pretty well with the way that we're running DevOps Sydney, um, particularly around the recruiter bit, is that like we're actively inclusive of, of people who are recruiters. Like like a lot of meetups uh, sort of you know turn up their nose at them. It's like, well, you know, we're here for the technology, and what are you, what are you trying to do coming in here and selling us and you know selling these? What are you trying to make it so we can pay our bills? Come on! Yeah, I know. How, how dare you try and get me into a place where I can get money for doing? Things? <laughs> Assholes. Um, but yeah, like we, we go out of the way and it's like, well, okay, you, you can't come to a meetup. So you, you can't join the meetup itself and then start cold calling people or you can't be messaging people through meetup.com right, or whatever. Right. But, but if you engage, yeah. You come to the meetup and we just have a conversation. And, and you can, because you know, we're all people at the end of the day, right? And, you know, these are real people that have got real, real things that they're trying to solve as well. And I see them as our allies in the community. So, so Bridget, you, you, and and Matt, uh, Matthew, Matt, <laughs> uh, you guys have both attended a lot of DevOps days, you know, around the world, um, especially Bridget, <laughs> especially Bridget. <laughs> yeah, but so, so, how would you compare and contrast your experience here? I mean, you know, this is a, a nice venue. Um, it's it's got its own peculiarities. Uh, I did uh, like the for bell. listeners. This is a, a Freemason hall, basically. 
Yeah, yeah there, there are several thrones in this building. It's just <laughs> fascinating. I've got to get a picture of myself sitting on one of them. Something, something, DevOps Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's like a hammer on the door outside, and there's, there's a throne just to... We're on a stage right now, and just to our left, there's like an eagle and a throne right there. And behind the projector is a magnificent sort of just like throne, like proper throne. And yes, we'll definitely get a selfie with that later. <laughs> um, but it's like, like running these things, you need venues. Yeah. And that's okay. And no one's been slanderous towards the Freemasons or anything. <laughs> it's great. Which is really good because, yeah, it's a little bit weird. But hey, it's a venue. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It's, it's a nice venue. Yeah, I mean, and that's a really good point, which is the trappings of culture in any kind of community are going to be different and going to be unique, and there are markers. Maybe our markers are stickers and T-shirts, but there are markers that show community, and some of that is... What does Schaefer like to say? Like eighty or ninety percent of tech is tribalism and fashion. Like, it's, I think we're we're in tech. We're pretty familiar with this exact sort of setup. But to your to your question, um, I've been really happy at this particular event with the amount of, like for example, in open space, the amount of really active engagement. And I definitely want to delve into some of the topics that we were several of us were in an open space yesterday. Um, but then there's also, um, I feel like there's. I speak at a, a fair number of events, and you sometimes get an audience that kind of silently nods, and you sometimes get an audience that is a little more active and engaged and laughs and smiles and then comes up to you afterwards and starts talking and talking about their experience. And I think that, that it kind of says that this is a very active community that's very engaged in um, actively discussing as opposed to passively receiving. And you sometimes, depending on the conference, and usually at DevOps Days people try to be more active, but depending on the conference, you sometimes end up with a lot more of a, again, passive as opposed to participatory environment. And I think you've really, it's clear that with SID DevOps you've, and the DevOps, you know, DevOps Days Down Under, that you've created a, an environment where people are very participatory. Yeah, so the, the local meetups uh, in Australia, I feel they're, they're very community and active oriented. Um, so in Melbourne, uh, there's the DevOps Melbourne meetup, and, and I run InfraCoders with another chap, David Lutz or Lutzy on Twitter. And it's we encourage speakers and the audience to ask questions during the talks. It's a low barrier of entry. And to come back to Lindsay with the recruiting, uh, at the end of our meetups, we have what we call a community uh, events space. And that's where you stand up and sort of holler certain things like there's a meetup next week, it's just started, or there's a conference uh, in a couple of weeks somewhere else. And that's the opportunity for recruiters, companies, and also individuals, if they're looking for work, to stand up and they get an audience and a captive audience. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think that that shows, again, in the kind of discussion, like really high-quality discussion that we were having in Open Space yesterday. And um, I know we are... Short on time, because every podcast always runs out of time. That's a podcast rule. But uh, Matt Ray, I think it would be really cool if you gave us a little bit of a background on the discussion that was happening around containers, orchestration thereof, et cetera, yesterday, and how that discussion went for you. Um, so, so yesterday, the topic of you know, the evol- evolution of infrastructure and how, you know, how that is, is ongoing, you know, where... you know, what we call legacy or traditional infrastructure, your, you know, your 
you know, mainframes and, and has given way to virtualization, has given way to containerization, and now it's you know, functions, where the focus is really needs to be on applications. It needs to be on how you're delivering you know, that, pack, you know, that application, whether it's, you know, everything else is just, you know, less important. I mean, it, you know, we can argue about containerization, we can argue about, you know, virtualization or operating systems, but what's really important is getting the value to customers, and that's the application. And, you know, that's where we were. Yeah, I think, like, the, the, so I talk a lot in government as well about the stuff that we're doing from the DevOps side of things, but I don't ever use the DevOps word because it has all sorts of crazy connotations. Um, but the two bits that I just keep focusing on and keep reinforcing is that but the reason that you want to try and change your technical practices is because you want to go faster because it means that you're delivering value more quickly, which mm-hmm. means that you're hopefully meeting user needs better. Um, but fast, going fast and being safe, yeah. they are not mutually exclusive. In fact, what we know, particularly from like the stuff that we see in the, the Puppet Labs um, DevOps survey, is that uh, people who go faster... Um, they uh, they recover from failure a hell of a lot quicker, yep. right? Yep. Like I, you know, the, the stats are sort of ever evolving and change every year. But like when when you actually battle, like I, a lot of the pitches that I do to people, I just like I just start with those stats, and that just completely fundamentally changes their perspective on things, right? So like yeah. you said, it's not about tech; it's about what the business outcome is. Yeah, and you know, I like tech. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but. But, you know, compliance at velocity is, is how, what we call it. And it's, you know, you have to move fast today. One of my observations as, you know, a foreigner coming to Australia is I don't think the, the level of paranoia is here that we have back in the States about the competition, you know, because um, Amazon's not here. I mean, you know, they're here, they're, they brought their data centers, but as a retailer, they're not here. You know, and they're just about here. Yeah, they're just they're coming. Yeah, yeah winter's coming. <laughs> and, and Walmart too. You know, and in America we've got this one-two punch of Walmart and Amazon, and retail is you know they're getting torched. And so you know that. Well, then Walmart open sourced the one-op stuff, and people are just like, "This is a very strange world we live in now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, they kind of co-opt. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. You you end up using your competition's products. Oh wait, this this is software defined talk. We probably have to mention Costco. Do we have any inkling of a hint that Costco is open Costco's sourcing here. anything? Yeah. Yeah. Are they open sourcing anything uh, for around platforms, containers, microservices? No, Amazon like added a new container uh, orchestrator yesterday. Uh, so yeah, it's the world moves fast. Um, but one of the things I don't sense in Australia yet is the fear of, you know, the competition's there, but it's also like, you know, it's four o'clock, let's hit the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So I've found that very much to um, echo what you're saying, where Australia traditionally, uh, from my experience, we're pretty open. And and a lot of meetups, we talk about a lot of things that when I've gone to meetups in, say, the US or Europe, there's a lot of sort of that NDA culture where our I can't talk about about this publicly and things like that. But we're starting. I'm feeling as an organizer of, of meetups, starting to feel that now because we're getting quite a few US or North American companies coming into into Melbourne, which is great. Oh, so it's our fault? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not your fault. It's just that they're bringing that culture with them. Yeah, and it's something that uh, me as a community organizer is very mindful of that. Uh, we have meetups in certain com- uh, companies, and now there's an, there's an extra thing. There's NDAs. There's like we've got to sign everyone in. Yeah, I, I mean, I have noticed that Australians are 
in general, more talkative about like, oh yeah, we're doing this at this bank and, you know, and I ripped this out and, you know, kick that vendor out and you're like, okay, what would that vendor say? You know, and so I've always been bad at NDAs too, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. I think historically, like if you sort of go back to colonialism and sort of the white culture that, that, that was brought here, like the majority of people that came out here in the first your first hundred years, they're all convicts, right? <laughs> so you're not gonna you're not gonna try and I mean I wasn't gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> let's just be let's just be honest, right? Um, and you're not gonna try and screw over your other convicts, right? Because you know because there's a lot the, of honor among thieves. There's a lot of honor exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know the the enemy is sort of like the you know the, the people that are running the show, right? Something yeah. something containers, something something jails. <laughs> and so I think that, that that sort of colonial heritage in you know, modern white Australia has definitely flowed through to all different aspects of our, of our culture, right? Like, we don't, we don't have that ultra-competitive streak, like, both at the organisational level, but I think just at the personal level as well. And, like, you see, you, see, you know, certain young male tennis stars displaying uh, certain sort of, you know, very sort of preening behaviour, and you're like... Are you sure that you're Australian? Because, like, that's, that's not the sort of behavior. Like that's not the way that we act. And like probably the best example is like, remember remember when they did the first Australian Survivor, like back in like the beginning of the two thousands, right? And there was just no competition. <laughs> like they were like, yeah, come okay. on, mate, let's. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really want to be here anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll just we'll just vote you out, and you know, good luck, and you know, thanks for coming. And you know, like it was like, that's not no good race. TV. Yeah, and, and then you compare that to like Survivor this year, which is fucking cutthroat, right? <laughs> that's, that's how much we've changed in that last period Sorry. of time. <laughs> is, is this the part where I ask, does software-defined talk actually bleep expletives? No. Okay, no. good, because we don't. So it's like, there could be like the Sorry, clean kids. version. Or not. <laughs> it's, that, it's that fucking convict heritage coming right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we've, we've long since made our peace with the explicit label in iTunes. Like, this is not a problem on our podcast. <laughs> Keep in mind, we've, we've done episodes with charity majors. Um, I, I know we're almost out of time, and I, I wanted, because right before, when when I uh, talked Mick into being on this podcast, we, we were discussing over in one of the breaks earlier, like, what, again, this is kind of back to the changing role of operations, what you're seeing as as an attendee here, as an operations professional, and of course, as a SID DevOps uh, meetup organizer, I'm going to ask you first, and then I'm going to ask the rest of the panel, so be ready, uh, what do you see as the future TM of where is this whole thing we call DevOps going for you? There's a lot more effort being put into what is it that we're actually delivering as a developer um, and a lot less around the operating system layer now and with containers, with um, Code Foundry, with functions as a service. That I, I see that, you know, if... If you've been around a while and you installed Apache 1.3, I think that was 25 years ago or something, <laughs> it hasn't actually changed that much. It's still Apache. It's still got the same directory structure. Like it's, so why please are we run, still... Please run Nginx. Yeah. <laughs> but why... We've got the Apache Conf D now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, so the OS layer is really more a utility these days. Yeah. Stop concentrating on that operating system. It was solved quite a while ago. Um, and move on to... Let's actually work on what is it that we're trying to solve? What is that business value? So the time between starting a new feature and putting that into production isn't really providing much business value. So the, the smaller we can bring that down to actually getting that service into production, the better we are. And we, it frees us up to concentrate more on 
things that matter and um, and the culture side as well. So my favorite open space yesterday was about how do we breed an industry by teaching and learning um, new people coming through. And there's some great, great stuff came out of that. All right. Um, and, and I'm going to ask you the same question, Katie. Like, what do you see coming now that is that is different than what you saw before? I, I'm still relatively new to like this ops space. Which um, is why you have a great perspective on the I've, actual new stuff. You're not held back. <laughs> I'm, I'm still like, I, I open up like a Unix book every once in a while and go, oh, less is a joke because it used to be more and more is less and oh God. Um, but gap filling is still a thing. Like even though the operating system level is solved, you can now run Bash on in Windows and stuff. And there's still the gap filling and all that kind of stuff that has to happen for the new people coming in. And it may seem archaic, but I've had to go and splunk through old Perl systems once in a while. And it's like there's this whole legacy DevOps thing that still has to happen, unfortunately. Um, but that's kind of what I'm seeing as a thing. It's like everyone's running off with the Node.js containerless Lambda functions as a service, as a service, as a service. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sitting here with Ned saying, what the heck? But there's, there's this whole dichotomy thing going on, and there's still some interesting stuff happening. But I'm, I'm, I'm literally still learning, and hopefully I never stop, but it's still like, what, what, what's... What, What's functional? What's what's lambdas? I don't know. It, it sounds like what you're saying is the past is. What's the quote? The past is not gone. It's not even past. <laughs> All right, uh, Lindsay. What do you think? Uh, I think what Peter was talking about earlier in the day around like functions as a service, like just radically changing what operations people do. Like that infrastructure is still going to need to exist, right? But you're going to see consolidation, like we have in all sorts of other industries, like. You know, people, if you want to work on that low-level infrastructure stuff, great. Like, there's, you know, Google are opening up a, a cloud, Google Cloud Platform region here at the moment, so you should totally go and apply and work at that sort of level, right? But for everybody else who doesn't want to do that, then, you know, you know, like if you if you look at some of the stuff that we're doing at the at, in, in government at the moment at the DTA, like we're supporting literally hundreds of apps with a team of two people, right? And so that, that's sort of the economies of scale that you're going to start getting. I feel that we're a little bit further ahead than a lot of other people on that, but that, that's how I see the future looking, right? And so that means that, yeah, there's going to be less of those sort of jobs going around, but it also means that we can move further up the stack, right? So if you're a ops person, make sure you start learning at least one other programming language, preferably two, right? Because you actually have an invaluable amount of experience that can be provided to developers because suddenly, like, the barrier to entry for developers to be able to get stuff running is like massively reduced, right? So, uh, you know, that said, they, they're still going to need help. In actually yeah, it, it's massively reduced, but there's so many more places things can go wrong now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and having that wisdom of being around a lot of stuff, you know, just different tech stacks. Wait, wait Matt Ray, are you saying operability is still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm saying being able to understand you know, get your, your head straight around what could possibly go wrong. That's always going to be, you know, important. So the, the future for me, uh, I worry less about technology. Uh, my background is uh, sysadmin operations. I'll figure that out. 
as I go. To me, the most important thing, and, and we see it at, at DevOps Days, is it's less about technology and more about people. And the interesting thing in the open space is we start talking about people and how can we be nicer to each other and how can we uh, you know, embrace community. And then there's always the discussion of me versus the business or me versus the organization. But people need to come to the realization that we need money to exist in this society, so you need to get paid. Um, and you need to keep that in mind. Everyone talks about business value, which is great, but remember your customer as well. So because at the end of the day, they're the person that puts, you know, gives you your paycheck. Yeah. Um, and, and if you can bring, if, if you are the, the rare, you know, DevOps engineer who can speak to business, like, you can go anywhere. I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that's a valuable skill is the learning quant- people and of, business. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, the quantity of frequent flyer miles that I have currently, which, by the way, gamification of poor life choices, but the quantity of frequent flyer miles will say yes if, if you can do some DevOps and also talk to people in the C-suite. You can, in fact, go anywhere, even the other side of the planet. <laughs> uh, tell, tell me, though, what, what do you think, Matt Ray? We were talking about Habitat yesterday. This is like, we're, and we're, we don't need to go into specific open source projects that Chef does, so everyone should go to Habitat.sh and check it out. But we're talking about this in the context of um, where you focus, and I feel like that's kind of key. Yeah, it, it keeps coming back to the application. You know, you you just, you know, like Mick was saying, like if you can have less focus on what, you know, the what as, you know, how it runs and where it runs and more focus on what you're actually doing and delivering, that's where you want to get to. And so the less trappings of the operating system you have to care about, the better. Because, you know, the future is probably running on somebody else's data center, running functions on somebody else's, you know, cloud. And, you know, there's always going to be, there's always going to be server somewhere. Well, and so uh, my, my spouse, Joe, who's going to be editing this podcast later, um, is uh, from Appleton, Wisconsin. And in Appleton, uh, there is a historic site at, along the river where um, there was some really early power generation. And so, like, New York City and a couple of other places, and Appleton, Wisconsin, had electricity before almost anywhere else in the U.S. And I don't think most enterprises these days really want to set up their own water wheel and generate their own power. And I think that maybe a lot of people don't really need to run a data center. And uh, it's possible they don't need to patch their own operating system. And I feel like that's kind of where I see the future going is... When Nigel was giving his um, really great keynote, his closing keynote um, earlier today, and he's talking about words and metaphors, I, I kept thinking about layers of abstraction. And like when we talk about, you know, James Waters' value line or any of the other talking points that any of us vendors who all would like to sell you things are like to put out there, I think a lot of it comes down to there's going to be uh, this is the stuff I want to do, this is not the stuff I want to do, and deciding which stuff you're going to abstract away, which stuff you're going to pay someone else to do, like where the, mo- where the best bang for your buck um, or where the most useful stuff for you is to do and doing all that stuff and not doing the other stuff. I mean, we probably all agree generating our own electricity is not on the list, except maybe Mick, because you do live out in the bush. <laughs> it was pretty remote. Yeah. I, I do harvest all my own electricity at home. It's probably... A little unique amongst most of us, and and this You're is like again. A user as well, right? No, no, Arch Linux. Come and you on. can of course get to the discussion of decentralization and uh, solar panels and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, of course, there are ways that that stuff can change over time, but 
there is a lot of stuff where you have to decide which stuff am I going to do? Which stuff am I not going to do? Yeah. And like, I think that that's where our industry is at a really interesting place where we're figuring out which stuff makes the most sense for us to do and which stuff does not. That whole, you know, CapEx what is it? Capex versus you, OpEx. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do we buy utility? and build and what do we just yeah. spend money on? What is, what is a utility? What is a commodity, et cetera? Yeah. Like at home right now, if you turn the tap or force it for others, um, water just... <laughs> But water just comes out. Like, do you actually sit there and there and think, where is it coming from? I wonder how much is left. What if I turn it on and nothing comes out? What do I do? Um, that's where I was heading to before with the operating system is now like that. It's like, I'm going to turn a tap on, force it, and my operating system's there waiting for me. I, I don't care how it gets there. Yeah, but that is very much the, no matter which tools you're using to do this stuff, and... Um, Hopefully, you're going to try to interact well with the people you're doing it with since they're going to keep being there. We are not actually all gone and replaced by robots quite yet. And possibly replaced by emoji. Ask Katie. But, um, and that, like that, what actually is the most valuable for you? What is producing business value? Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, that's definitely been a theme here. And I know we're out of time. Yep. So, Sessions to go to. This is this has you have a session to go run. Yeah. So th- this has been. It's afternoon tea time. And there's tea. And tea, yeah. So th- this has been arrested DevOps and software defined talk. Thank you all for being here. Yep. Thanks. Thank you. Woo.